goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. everyone. Welcome to today's podcast of Data Transformers. We have today with us Jay Zaidi, founder of Ali Data, a data advisory firm for strategic data management solutions and services. Jay is also an author of two books, Data-Driven Leaders Always Win and Data-Driven Leadership. Thank you, Jay, for joining us today. Thanks, Peggy and, and Ramesh. It was uh, nice. I really appreciate you inviting me to this discussion welcome, and look forward to it. Look forward to a, a interesting conversation. Yep. Jay, I thought we would first start out with, um, you know, just talking about your uh, advisory business. Uh, can you talk about some of the type of projects that you are working on? Yeah. Um, so we are a boutique uh, strategic data management and advisory services company. We purely focus on data management and uh, data governance and analytics. Uh, and much of the work that we're doing uh, you know, recently has been in data management maturity assessment, in developing data strategies and analytic strategies for our clients, uh, in uh, helping them uh, with their data governance, setting up data governance centers of excellence, uh, implementing some of the data governance mandates within their organizations, uh, and uh, in in some instances, we also have clients that are looking uh, that are, that are, that have a lot of data that they want to transform into insights, and they're struggling to to do that. Um, so so that's where we come in because of our deep expertise in data management, data quality management, data integration, data governance, privacy, etc. We are able to provide holistic solutions to them that will allow them to not just convert the data into insights, but also do it in a very compliant uh, and governed, governed manner so that they are mitigating any risk related to that data. Hey, Jay, I mean, you, you walked us through the entire spectrum of the you know, life cycle of the projects. Uh, so typically, if you could let us know, based on your maybe most recent projects, like how, does, how do these projects start? Like what's the initial point? Like uh, you as a services firm, you get a code for uh, this uh, a certain element of the project or entire. Can you walk us through in a couple of projects how they start? Yeah, so um, the, the, the general pattern is, is that they, they either, uh, clients either have a pressing uh, challenge or a mandate that they have to, uh, that, that they have to deliver on. Um, that's, that's one sort of aspect. Uh, the other aspect is uh, where a client realizes that they, uh, for example, have a pretty complicated data ecosystem and they're trying to make sense out of it, right? Um, and, and I call this uh, data debt. They've accumulated data debt over time and the debt could be in the form of data quality issues or data governance issues or a lack of master data, uh, reference data, et cetera. And uh, then coming to us to get some help in that. And the third uh, area that we see a lot of 
is where organizations now, especially with the COVID uh, situation and a lot of digital transformations happening, uh, clients are realizing that data is a major component of the data transformation. And they have to develop a, 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 a data strategy and an analytic strategy aligned with their business strategy to deliver the business outcomes that uh, their, their business leaders are looking for. So these are the three patterns. It's either mandates like audit findings or uh, board of directors uh, uh, requirements or external factors coming in, that's one. The second is uh, their realization that they have a very complicated data ecosystem and they need to simplify that and they need to get their arms around it. And then the third one is, uh, is, is primarily to, to focus on their digital transformation and enabling that through data and through analytics. Um, so those are the three primary sort of patterns that we see and our clients are typically coming in either through referrals. I mean, most of our business is through referrals because we believe in, in, uh, in referrals and the power of referrals based on the past performance that we have done. And then we also have partnerships with product vendors. So many of the product companies come to us uh, bring their clients to us because they want uh, us to help them implement the product and services around the product uh, for the client. That makes that makes a lot of sense, Jay. Can you talk about some of the key stakeholders in in these organizations that you work with? Um, you know, sometimes they're different from the board level. Obviously, you're probably hands-on working with a very specific team. So, can you talk about which teams? most uh, are prevalent in your projects for digital transformations? Yeah, that's a great question, Peggy. Um, so again, it varies quite a bit. And what we have noticed is that the, the requests are typically uh, driven by uh, the areas where the data uh, function resides. So in some cases, the data function is sitting in the business. So it could be in the chief oper you know, operating officer domain or the chief financial officer domain. So in that case, we are talking with the head of data that's in that business uh, unit uh, that wants us to come and help with, with uh, you know, solutions or services uh, or you know, to address specific challenges that they have. That's one um, set of stakeholders that we deal with on the business side. The other set of stakeholders are on the IT side where we see you know, in, in, in some companies data and the data organization resides in the IT function. So it's, it could be the head of IT or the head of IT and data in many cases uh, that reaches out to us and wants us to help uh, with some solutions. And then the third area is uh, chief data officers. So in, in, you know, we have a chief data uh, officer advisory service uh, offering as well, um, where the chief data officers reach out to us uh, looking for uh, support in um, you know either with their data strategy or with their data governance um, uh, programs or with maturing their uh, analytics capabilities. So those are the three, um, I guess, key stakeholders um, that we typically work with. And then, as you know, data is a cross-functional uh, element, right? Data is 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 pretty much uh, you know you know being used across the board. So we, we may go in working with a specific stakeholder or a couple of stakeholders, but we soon realize that we have to start uh, you know, reaching out to the various organizations to get them to work with us and collaborate, whether it's on the data strategy or whether it's on analytics or whether it's governance. Yeah. 
Hey, um, actually, yeah. So go ahead, Peggy. Now I was going to ask you, um, can you also describe how long your typical engagements are in order to actually, um, you know, get some results or what are some, and also what are some typical outputs or deliverables from some, some of your projects? Um, yeah, so we are, we are uh, big believers in quick wins. Um, uh, you know, typically what we see is, the, you know, because data is such a important um, aspect of every organization, and in many cases, the data ecosystems may be very complicated and complex, we typically will go in and we, are, we, we propose, in most cases, a phased approach to delivery. Um, you know, whether it is for data governance, whether it is for analytics, whether it is for uh, massive data management, et cetera. And the, you know, our, our recommendation to our clients is to be agile, right? So we typically uh, have phases and within each phase, you may have multiple sprints, right? So a phase could be three months long, for example, and then you have multiple sprints in there. Um, and the idea in our, in our focus is always to make sure that we are delivering value. Right. So each of the phase or phases that we lay out, uh, associated with it, that directly either mitigate and reduce the risk for the organization uh, for data, or they are providing direct business value. Right. And business value in terms of either uh, you know revenue impacts, uh, reduction in cost, operational efficiency, uh, better insights from data. Etc. So again, very big on agile, very big on phased delivery, uh, because you know we 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 don't um, like to do these multi-year engagements where you know the, the client is not able to see value uh, quickly. We want to basically have the client see value within the you know three, six, nine-month timeframes, mm -hmm. and then iteratively build on that. Actually, it's it's a very getting into interesting conversation here. And then let me get into the trouble spots. I mean, uh, we are talking about ideal scenarios, right? But uh, the research yep. shows that north of 50%, I mean, it could be as high as 70% of the projects fail, right? Uh, it's, yep. uh, any data-driven projects fail. So, uh, so Jay, based on uh, your experience and uh, what you're seeing, and what are the main causes, reasons where projects are failing? That's a, that's a very, very uh, important question, Ramesh. And one of the things that we, when we go into a client and we propose a solution, we always not just provide the solution, but also highlight what are the critical success factors that the client has to keep in mind um, for us to be successful. And for us, meaning not just my firm, but the client. Um, because in a, in a lot of cases, uh, the, the focus is always on the end goal, right, of, of delivering value. Um, but we also have to keep in mind that there are multiple factors. And I will, I will lay out uh, a, a few that, you know, come into play. Right? One is uh, making sure that there is some level of change management uh, happening as part of the program or project that you're engaged in. Because most data initiatives, introduce either introduce new policies and procedures, new standards, new tooling, uh, you know, uh, which certainly require some level of change, right? And at the grassroots level. And what we have noticed is that if the client is not, 
you know, not into, uh, making sure that they are being sensitive to the change and they have change management uh, in, in play, uh, you know, during the, the, the duration of the program, the, the program in many cases may or may not succeed, right? Um, because of the fact that they may get pushback from the actual, either the stakeholders or the folks on the ground who have to uh, implement the changes and they're just not ready. So change management is, is, is a big one. Mm. The second one that we see is, is making sure that there is clear alignment between the key stakeholders. Um, and by stakeholders, I mean, typically, you may have stakeholders from IT, stakeholders from the business organization, stakeholders from operations, and stakeholders from data, right? We want to make sure that all of those stakeholders agree upon what the key deliverables are going to be, what the key outcomes are going to be, and what is the ROI, what is the return on investment that they are expecting from the program. And we also want to make sure that there are clear milestones and clear deliverables that everybody can agree on. Um, so that's the second thing. It's ensuring that all the stakeholders are aligned and there is clarity around what is going to be delivered and what's the value before we start the project. Hmm. Um, the, third, the third one that we see is the organization culture. Um, and by culture, I mean, how, how are decisions made, right? How do the different departments work together, right? What is the, what is the hierarchical uh, structure within the organizations and how do decisions get made, right? Are they being made at the top uh, where, you know, the, it's, it's high, very hierarchical and, and, and decisions are made on top or are the decisions democratized and the folks that are actually uh, on the ground doing the work and empowered to make the decisions, right? Those things become very important when we go in and implement a particular solution or a particular set of services, um, because sometimes the culture can get in the way of progress uh, and can slow things down. So that's the third aspect. And then the fourth one I would say is execution, um, because one of the things that, that we have come to understand in industry research shows you is that you could have the best strategy, you can have the best tools, you can have the best people and processes, but if you don't have very strong execution skills on the team, it really, really um, will impact your ability to deliver. So I highlight to our clients that again, all of these things have to come together, right? You have to have a, a very, very strong and very clear strategy. You have to have stakeholder alignment. You have to have a strong culture that is focused on delivery. And you have to have execution skills, really strong execution skills to make sure that you're able to deliver against the outcome, the business outcomes that have been articulated and that you're, you're uh, you know, trying to reach. Jay, you made, you made some, you know, really excellent points there. I mean, in terms of uh, change management, I feel that's also part of the data culture, right? There's only so much a chief data officer can say that they want to execute on, but if the, the people, um, uh, the team itself, and also the, the business people are not ready and on board and also fully trained in terms of data literacy, I, I think it's yep. also hard to you know, pull and fully execute. So, I, I mean, have you faced those type of challenges where the people on top are ready to execute, but it's just the the, I would say the, the larger employees that are quite not ready as well. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, that is something that we do see um, on occasion, Peggy. 
um, because the uh, and 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 it's 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 a combination of things, right? The senior leadership is very strategic, and they have a clear view on where they want to take the company and where they want the business to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they in their minds believe that they are communicating that to the rank and file. But what we have noticed is that in many instances that message the strategic change or the business model change or the organization drivers, they actually trickle down, but they go maybe one or two levels below the senior leadership and they kind of stop there, right? It doesn't get down to the rank and file where the person that is actually on the ground doing the day-to-day activity truly appreciates and truly understands what the strategic vision is and what they need to do to be part of that, you know, to enable that strategic vision, right? And, and, and it's not for fault of their own, because in a lot of case, cases, what we find is that the, the folks on the ground are actually very tactical because they have, they have been given very tactical goals. Hey, you know, next couple of weeks, this is what we're going to deliver, right? And then so you're constantly, you know, you're constantly trying to figure out how do I, how do I balance the tactical goals that my manager has set with the more strategic goals that the, the, the senior leadership has set, right? And that's a very, very uh, difficult thing to do. And a lot of times that's where the change management aspect of the program comes in, where unless and until you're clearly articulating that at the top and you're managing that change and making sure that change is trickling down to the line managers and to the associates that are on the ground doing the work, it becomes very, very difficult, right? So, you know, one of the things that we typically like to do is we like to have, you know, make sure that we understand the strategic vision of the leadership, but then we also use that and translate that into what does that mean to the folks that are on the ground doing the work, right? And then how do we balance that strategic vision with the tactical priorities that are being set um, for the folks, uh, you know, for the associates? So it is certainly more of an art than a science. And an area where we have, you know, having done dozens of these engagements, we are, we are very well equipped and we, we have our own methodologies and we have our own uh, uh, ways in which we tackle those, those types of challenges. Interesting. Just, uh, just think, um, listening to your conversation, Jay, is that uh, you're on the other side of the equation. Now you're advising clients, you know, what to do or how to do and then actually walking them. But in your journey, uh, you've been in the, the other side where you were implementing uh, with the Fannie Mae, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for quite some yeah. time in the inter- information management. So, I mean, what happened? Why, why did you uh, decide to go and start this uh, Ali Data, right? Which is like Alibaba, Ali Data. Like, why? Yeah. What happened? Um, yeah, so I was uh, at Fannie Mae for 13 years. And as you know, Fannie Mae is the largest financial services company in the world. Uh, with a portfolio in the trillions of dollars. Okay. So we had we had a very, very complex data ecosystem. And I was uh, lucky enough, I should say, to have a role in modernizing it and maturing the data management capabilities. So I uh, led the enterprise data quality program from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was, uh, was played a key role in the bus- setting up the business intelligence analytics center of excellence for the organization. And I also supported the data governance uh, at the enterprise level. Um, so, uh, and, and, the, and the driver for this was the 2008 financial crash. So when the, when the crash happened, 
Fannie was designated as one of the two big to fail enterprises. Um, so the regulator came in and did a pretty extensive audit and they identified six areas uh, that needed to be addressed. And the, those six areas were primarily in the data management area around data governance, data quality, master data management, uh, business intelligence, et cetera. So my boss, who was the chief data officer, and I and, and some of my peers were actually tasked by the CEO to address these six major items and get them, get the maturity levels back so that we could satisfy all of the auditor's uh, requirements and the regulator's requirements. So that was a five-year period where myself, my peers, and, and uh, my team members were actually instrumental in in evolving and maturing the capabilities, uh, data capabilities within Fannie Mae. And, and that yeah, journey allowed me to learn a lot. Yeah, if yeah. I can interrupt and ask a question, were you on the IT side or were you on the business side? Just a just little bit uh, digging into that. Yeah, so, so our chief data officer reported into the chief information officer. So okay. we were, you know, from a, from a chain of command perspective, we were under the IT from the, in the CIO organization. Hmm. Um, and, and yes, and then, and, and, you know, that, that's another whole different conversation in terms of, you know, what is the right model right. Uh, from a reporting structure for a chief data officer. Um, but again, uh, going back to your, your original question, the, those five years that I spent from 2008 to 2013 were instrumental in my realizing what it takes to actually build and mature an enterprise-wide data management program, a data governance program, um, and that's, that's when, so at, at, in 2013 is when I started to realize, you know, having learned a lot and having, having, um, sort of gained a lot of experience, uh, in, in, in the data space, I realized that there was a need within the industry and within the marketplace for other organizations that were struggling and that were in the similar uh, sort of situation where data was becoming more and more, uh, important for them. They were hiring chief data officers but they really did not have the right expertise or they, or they may not have uh, the right uh, sort of skill sets to be able to deliver the, the results that, the, that their um, management was looking for. Hmm. So that's when in 2014, I decided to exit uh, Fannie Mae and, and launch Alidata uh, with the whole, uh, with, our, with our focus and mission being helping clients overcome their data challenges. That's that's certainly uh, you know a really great experience um, that you went through, Jay. Could you elaborate a little bit more about the the five years that you spent trying to improve the data governance and maturity? Um, what was actually accomplished? And I mean, five years is a long time, but for those of people outside of the data organization, think that's a long time. But me, having been in it, I know that it really does take that amount of time and effort to actually execute. So could you talk about what, how you let the state of data maturity that you left, um, left Fannie Mae at? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did, before starting on this journey, we actually did a, a data management maturity assessment. And we were actually one of the first organizations that worked with the DMM team uh, when they were piloting the DMM, the data management maturity model, and we provided a lot of feedback and input into that model to refine it. Um, so the, that data management maturity assessment actually gave us some really good insights 
into the areas where we were strong and areas of data management that we were not very strong in. Uh, and then we use that the output from the data management maturity uh, assessment and the recommendations that the DMM team made to actually develop the roadmap and to develop a pretty you know detailed project uh, and a program level plan to mature capabilities around data architecture, data quality, data governance, uh, BI and analytics, et cetera. Right. So that was sort of the first step is starting with the assessment and taking the output from that assessment and building out a pretty robust multi-year roadmap uh, along with a detailed program level plan and a set of key milestones that uh, sort of were tied to the outcomes that our senior leadership was looking for, right? Clear outcomes, whether it was, um, it was not just satisfying the audit and regulators, uh, you know, uh, 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 requirements, but also focusing on the business outcomes, like making, you know, giving our internal uh, team members uh, ability to get better insights from data, um, making sure that we are able to measure and monitor data quality across the data supply chain uh, and proactively address data quality issues before they became a problem downstream, right? Um, making sure that there was accountability, clear accountability for data by domain across the enterprise, right? And this is where, you know, to your point, these are the things that we um, implemented over the five years, right? And as, as you know, as you've rightly said, a large organization with a very complex data ecosystem you know, it's not very easy for you to go in there and put in place the strong governance practices, bring about a lot of change at the ground level, introduce a lot of new tooling. We introduce new data governance tools, new data quality tools, new uh, BI tools, uh, et cetera. So again, you know, the, the value that we brought was number one, a clarity in terms of, you know, what are the key business functions? What are the key areas of strengths, weaknesses? and then addressing those weaknesses, right? That was one. Second thing is we wanted to make sure that we introduced a set of standards across the organization, whether it was related to uh, the definition of data, whether it was related to the definition of quality of data, right? Um, because when you talk about quality, it, it's very nebulous. Everybody has their own interpretation of what quality means. So we had to actually go in and clearly meet with the business, meet with operations, meet with technology, identify what are the different dimensions of data and then data quality that we care about, right? Um, you know, is timeliness of data important or not? Is the accuracy of data important or not? And what does accuracy mean in the context of Fannie Mae, right? Um, what does completeness of data mean? Uh, because, you know, completeness to one person may be different from completeness to the other person. Mm -hmm. So introducing a lot of standards and, and making sure that we could bring all of these different parties on the same page was also something that we were able to we were able to do right which is not very easy uh, in in a large organization right the other thing that we did was bring about some level of rationalization of tools so the you know like any typical enterprise um, we had dozens and dozens of tools that were being used right and many of these tools were selected by the dep individual departments by the individual organizations in some cases by individual leaders because they you know they had their favorite tools but the challenge you run into when you have dozens of these tools that are doing the same thing is that you have to provide support you have to provide you know you have to make sure that that you are you are managing those tools properly 
that you are providing training around those tools, that you are uh, actually leveraging those tools properly to get the job done, right? And that creates a lot of overhead. So the other, one of the things we did was we said, let us rationalize the tools within the organization and identify a smaller subset that would satisfy the needs of the enterprise and then try and reduce the number of tools and the, the types of tools that we had within the organization um, because that would reduce cost, that will improve our processes, and that will make us more efficient. So that was another tangible thing that we were able to accomplish. Um, the, and then the, the lastly, there was a, a major challenge on the part of the business to get timely and accurate reporting and business intelligence. Um, and, and there were many reasons for that. You know, there, there, was, there was some data architecture challenges that we had to overcome. There were some uh, design and, and uh, you know, how these data stores were being designed. Uh, we had to look into those and, and try and, and optimize that, right, in terms of in, in introducing new indexing strategies or introducing better ways of accessing the data, et cetera. And then also data latency was a challenge because we had dozens of systems internally. Some of them were batch-oriented. Others were more near real-time. Right? Getting that data to the end users in a timely manner became a challenge because the, the batch systems are not designed to get data in a you know, more real-time manner, but many of our users had moved to a near real-time sort of paradigm. So we had to go in and, and re-architect sort of some of the, uh, the, the ETL processes and some of our pipelines to make them more real-time right? uh, or near real-time. Um, so there was lots and lots of changes we had to introduce uh, across the organization. And in the end, I think we were able to accomplish, I mean, we, we, we were able to overcome a lot of the uh, issues that were identified by the regulators and the auditor. And we were able to truly deliver real business value to the organization by some of the things that we had done. Standards, better tooling, uh, better data, faster data to the, to the end users, um, better insights, rationalizing uh, tools and reducing the number of tools um, you know, providing better training uh, to the users on the usage of tools, et cetera. So it was a very comprehensive program. And, and, uh, and I think at the end, we were able to, to accomplish most of the goals that we had set out to. So, so you, you gave an entire blueprint for a successful implementation to anybody who is listening to this, right? So, I mean, there's- I, well, I guess actually, it's a technology blueprint, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say exactly, technology blueprint. So essentially, you gave the technology yeah. blueprint of that, um, right? Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.